Welcome to Rewrite the Mother Code, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves. Through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences, we're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way that you never have before, but have always needed. It's time to rewrite the mother code. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Rewrite the Mother Code with me, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. Before I bring on my guest, Caroline Bass from Caroline Bass Health, I just wanted to say hi. And I don't know, it's the day before, I'm recording this the day before 4th of July. And it's also the week of our daughters and now son-in-law's Chicago reception. So as you may or may not know, depending on when you're listening, our daughter got married in February of 2023 down in Mexico. So kept that guest list a little more limited. And now we're having a big party here in Chicago. And it's very interesting. I told someone it kind of feels a little bit like your second child, like, you know, oh, we got this. We know what we're doing. You know, it's not like the first time where everything is like the first time you've done it all and really don't feel like you know what you're doing. And sometimes a little too comfortable, which is now that it's here and literally right around the corner this weekend. There's a little scrambling going on, but it does feel a bit calmer. Now, granted, we aren't doing everything and it is a little bit easier here than in Mexico, but still having lots of feelings and things stirred up just by way of how, you know, it's all going to work and what do you do at a second reception ceremony when, you know, a lot of the people haven't been there. So been working on that, getting in some good like arguments but good ones with my husband and figuring it all out. So I'm just in that space. So just kind of want to bring myself present before we get started today. And I think our guest, um, actually, I know with what she has to share on her journey of what she worked on to relieve stress and now has a product that she launched that worked for her and is working for lots of others. So we're going to be talking about that. So I think it's very timely and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing and being with her. Also, some really fun stuff coming up regarding my fall retreat, which is going to be here in a blink of an eye in September 21st to the 25th. So I want to keeping that present, hoping that if you hear this, it rings, rings true for you and maybe I'll consider joining, which I would love. So Without further ado, let's bring on Caroline. Well, hello, Caroline. I am so happy to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Gertrude. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yay. Well, let me share a little bit about Caroline, and then we're going to find out more and more, but we'll give some of the, the nitty gritty here to kick us off. Caroline Bass is on a mission to harness the power of herbs as a natural remedy to relieve stress, create calm and balance moods. After the stresses of daily life began to take a toll on her, 
she found herself anxious and it was difficult to find the energy to balance a full-time job with the pressure of being a mom of three. I can get that. (laughs) As a former doula, a labor coach assistant, she began formulating herbal blends to relieve her anxiety and calm her nerves. When she started sharing the remedy with her friends and family, the word spread and they kept coming back for more. It was too costly to continue buying each herb separately to create the calming effect she desired with high quality ingredients. So she partnered with a team of dietary experts and chemists to develop the most effective and powerful aptogenetic. Did I say that right? Adaptogenic. Yeah. Adaptogenic, adaptogenic blend. The formula targets all levels of stress, emotional and mental anxiety, brain fog, hormonal moodiness, and balances inflammation in the body. After much trial and error with many months of tweaking the dosages, the final formulation was ready and it's called Queen Tulsa. So we'll hear about it specifically, um, but and getting all the color commentary around how Caroline got to be doing this, you know, we're going to hear from you about, you know, your journey with this and, and what mother codes you had to rewrite and what you did differently to make it happen. So yeah. You go ahead and we'll pick up from there. Thank you. Thank you so much for that introduction and for having me here. I listen to your podcasts and I really need to connect with the person who's leading the podcast in order for me to even want to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. And that's how I even got introduced to you. I just loved your energy and your approach to rewriting the mother code and how we mother. So it's an honor to be here. So thank you. Oh, it's yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. One of the things that I kind of have done differently as I'm thinking about my own mothering and how I mother myself is that most people take time off when their kids are little and they are home when their kids are little. And then they go back to work at the end of like their, maybe their middle, their teenage years when they're ready to like, okay, then my kids are older. Now I'm going back to work. And I did the opposite. I kind of flipped that and I worked really hard. I was in corporate America. I was in educational software at this amazing neuroscience program where they helped students rewrite their brain rewire so that they could process information better. It was in a wonderful organization and company. I was there for almost 27 years until they got acquired. And my kids were home with me. I had help and I put them in daycare and it was great. But now that I'm reaching midlife, suddenly I felt like this isn't what I want to do anymore. I need to do something for myself. Like all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I had this realization that, okay, we're not going to be here forever. And I think it hits people at, at a different point in life. You know, like yeah, sometimes you're so busy and you're just going and going and going. You don't really have the time to think about that. And I'm raising three little kids and I was working and I never really thought about myself and what is my purpose here. And when that, when I, I had just this realization one day, and I'll tell you a story. Yeah, please. My, my mother met this man who came from Australia. It was like a neighbor who was subletting the house next door. And he was like this really cool guy, looks like a surfer dude. And it ends up that he's a psychic medium. And my mother is very into mediums and to she's really into like the whole spiritual world. And so they clicked right away. And he said, you know, I'm here for business. I don't really do readings, but you have such good energy. I'm going to read for you. So he read for my mother and he read for my father. And she said, I really need you to read for my daughter, for me. I have another sister, but I was just kind of lost in my life. This was about maybe seven years ago. And I thought that he was going to read for me because I wanted to connect with a friend of mine who had passed, like my best friend who had died at a young age from breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I was just there to meet with him so that he could 
connect me with her. But it turns out that he was a psychic medium, meaning that he can also see kind of your path and he gets downloads from spirit guides. And he said to me, so we went to the my mom's living room and we're talking and then he kind of went into a zone and he said, you're about to hit a crossroads in your life and you're choosing the wrong path because you're afraid. And I was, what? <laughs> yeah. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. He's like, does this make sense to you? And the reason why was because I had been in this company in educational software for like, at the time, maybe it was like 19 years. Hmm. And I was thinking about leaving. When I was thinking about leaving, I was thinking either I'm going to go to a different job within this field, or I'm going to do something on my own, which is related to health and wellness and my true passion, coaching women and just connecting with women in, in a different way so that I can help them live a better life, which is what I was kind of doing on the side with my friends. If they, anyone was struggling with anything, they would come to me and I would help them with different breathing techniques and different herbs to take. But I didn't think I could actually do that full time. And he said, the path you were choosing is a path of comfort. You have to take the other path. And I didn't tell anybody that I was even thinking this. Wow. I said, I, I don't think I can do that. He said, your spirit guides are telling you they're going to guide you and you're going to be okay. But I was so afraid to do something so outside of I was always by the books very organized straight practical my daughter I think at the time was just maybe three or two I said there's no way I can do that and I didn't but it always stayed in the back of my mind until about six months ago when again I'm still in my field in corporate America and I was going to take another job and I was going to have all this responsibility to be this lead the whole country and I just was feeling like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do my own thing. And I had already created my Queen Tulsi herbal supplement, but it was just on the side. And I said to myself, I was like, I need to see if this is, I was thinking about what the psychic medium had told me. And I said to myself, let me see if this is maybe the right time in life. And I was about to give my notice to my old job to accept this new job. But there was a meeting on my calendar that morning with my manager. And I was like, that's kind of weird. And when I got onto that meeting, my manager said, there's been major layoffs and a third of the company is laid off and you've been laid off and I'm so sorry. And my first initial reaction was, I'm free. I am free. Wow. And it was so hard to not scream it and to act like I was sad. And I was like, okay. But in my head, I was like, that's it. That's what I needed. Because that kind of gave me that cushion with the, my package, the severance package and everything to just, because again, I'm always practical. And I felt like all the spirit guides around me were like, do this, you got this. And it was like this, this full circle moment mm -hmm. where they came back to me and they were like, you got this. And so I left that world and now I'm just on this new life. I feel like I entered a new portal yeah. of like the second half of my life where I'm doing things that are according to like my alignment and creating this herbal product and working with women. And it's just been amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And I love this story because it is so much about intuition, going with the path that may not have words, doesn't necessarily make logical sense, right? I'm going to call it more feminine, definitely more yin energy in that. So what I'm thinking then too is what did the initially, there's a lot of, I want to ask about, but initially, how did friends and family react? Because sometimes we get there and we're like, okay, I'm doing this. And then you start telling people and they're like, what? Are you sure? I don't right. know. That sounds pretty risky. I mean, I know you kept going, but what was that part of the journey like for you? 
Well, it's an important question because it's not smooth sailing. I mean, I was actually really afraid to tell my husband that this is what I was thinking of doing because both of us are so practical. We met when we were in our 20s and we just built our life together. And I needed his support because we're just such a great partnership. And I needed him to just back me up on this. And this was so unlike me to do something kind of crazy like this. Well, that's what we'll call it, right? We'll call something that doesn't seem so logical. That gets labeled crazy or woo-woo. And it's like, "Mm, I'm really wanting to like, to abolish those words from when we're doing something that really is more aligned with our intuition. It doesn't have to make logical sense. Right. Exactly. Thank you for that. And so I sat down and I spoke to him and I just explained, like, I feel like I'm in complete alignment now. I don't know how to explain it, but I now understand what people say when they say that they're on the right path. Like, how do you know? You just know you feel it. It's such Mm -hmm. a powerful feeling. And I felt it. And so he said, okay, I'm supporting you on this. So that was the first step. And then I told my mother, who I also am very close with, and was worried about, she might say also, because she was always guiding me too, like go to school, get good grades, sure. like, follow the whole path. And here I am like going on this other path. And she, she's an artist and she believed in me too. And that was really the only support I really fully needed. Everyone else was a little bit, are you sure? And not so, mm-hmm. you know, but I, it didn't really, I was so sure of myself that just those two people who I care the most about, my children, of course, support me and they're so mm. proud of me. And they saw that I was already not so happy before. Now I'm yeah. so happy. So they were really supportive. And I didn't really want to listen to what anyone else had to say who wasn't so close to me because I don't yeah. know the naysayers or anyone who's questioning it. And I just knew where I stood. And so that was, that was really that's, it. I love that. You know, that's an important strategy or important when we're living new mother codes, you know, when we're following maybe a different path sometimes forget we get to choose who we're going to listen to or who we're going to get our support from. And that is, it can be a really big deal. And I love that you're saying that, that nobody else has really mattered and you were clear on that. So that wasn't going to be something that was going to give you a hard time, I guess, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. Because we spend so much of our life worrying about kind of approval from others And I think one of the pluses of getting older is that you realize it's really not important. It's really important what's important to you and maybe the handful of people that you love or not not even the handful for me. It was just those two people, my husband and my mother, and that was all I needed. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, I guess because we're in this more of the space of following the path, but I'm also just personally intrigued about the alchemy of what you came up with. And the whole herbal world and that, that also can get dismissed, you know, as not like true medicine or, or whatnot. What has your journey been like just in relationship with the herbs? I know you said that you were a doula and kind of found things or yeah, was that through reading and trying, you know, how, how did that go for you? Sure. So I studied with home birth midwives in Berkeley. I'm from New York city. We moved across the country to California and I ended up in Berkeley for a while and I was learning with these great collective of home birth midwives and I became a doula through them. And I was working at San Francisco General Hospital. And part of our training was to understand how to use herbs during prenatal and then during labor and postpartum. Mm. 
And I had this notebook of herbs and all the teachings that they were giving us. And it was just incredible. And I really felt connected to it. And I I was just using it really for myself in my life. And then if the women I was working with needed different herbs, and then I would consult the midwives and we would discuss which would be the best herb with them that they could use. But it was really just a personal journey that I went on and I just loved it and felt connected to it and was studying it. But as I grew into mothering my kids and as they grew older, I was really relying on herbs more. And it's interesting about the word adaptogen because it was actually developed, that whole idea of adaptogens, which are herbs that help you adapt to stress. So that's where adapt, adaptogen, adapt. So it helps you adapt to stress so that your body feels calmer inside. So you're not so reactive. Every time something comes at you, you don't immediately react. You're actually at at more of like a state of homeostasis where you feel more balanced. But that was created by these Russian doctors in the 60s and 70s who were looking for a way for their athletes to perform at the highest level possible that in a natural state that wasn't using steroids. Wow. So they started researching these herbs. How could their athletes perform where they're not so affected by the stress of being an athlete? At the time, they were trying to prevent frostbite and whatever in the environment, the harsh environments that they were training in, how their brain could be really clear so they didn't suffer from brain fog or fatigue. They had more energy. They had more stamina. And then they discovered this whole area of adaptogenic herbs, which helped these athletes perform at a higher level. And it started becoming more mainstream. Later on, the Russians did go into steroids. But before that, they did use these. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of the history. It's interesting. Yeah. Right. And so now what we use for the adaptogens is a way, depending on which herb you use, there's also mushrooms, depending on what you need, but they can help clear that brain fog. They can help you feel more balanced. They can help you have more energy during the day. But it's very natural and subtle. It's not like a pharmaceutical where you might just feel this effect. Like let's say you have a headache and you take Advil just erases that headache. It's not the same. The way I like to think about it is so that people can really kind of understand what does that mean adapt to stress. So let's say it's really cold outside and you need to adapt to the cold outside. You're going to put on a jacket. So you're not changing the temperature, but when you go outside, your body's adapting to that cold and you feel warmer. Oh, interesting. And it's the same idea with the stress. You're not erasing the stress in your life, but now when the stress comes at you, you just feel more balanced and you're able to cope with it and handle it and feel more more calm, really. That's kind of the herbs that I gravitate towards. I have a question. So you sent me some and I've started to take them. So I can't say like, because I know, well, two things. One, like you said, Advil, you take it, headache gone. I find my experience with herbs is it's like, you got to take them for a bit. It's not necessarily this like quick fix. That's my experience. You can tell me if it's different with these, but I noticed myself because it's, it was like, "Mm, they help relieve stress and balance you and give you energy. I was like, when do I take it? Like, is this something, you know, like I don't, you don't usually see stress relief along with energy, which I think is, as you're describing, it makes so much sense, but I have yeah. you here so I can ask you. I was like, if I took this right before bed, would it like wake me up or would it call me? Or is it better okay. in the morning? You know, so yeah, go ahead. Question. Okay, so I have another analogy for you. When you think about a car on cruise control, you press cruise control and the car knows when it needs more gas when you're going uphill and when to lay off the gas when you're going oh. down or when you're going straight. And so the car adjusts based on the roads you are on. And the adaptogens actually work with your body in the same way. So I didn't market my Queen Tulsi for sleep, and yet so many people take it for sleep. 
because their bodies need that. They can't unwind at night. Their cortisol is way too high, their stress hormone. And so they take these adaptogens and it helps to kind of just lower all of that and help them sleep. It also quiets a, a chattering mind at night. Someone like myself, who I don't need help with sleep, I take it more midday because I feel very, I tend to get that brain fog at three o'clock when I just feel to that. Yeah. I feel really out of it. My kids are coming home and I just feel overwhelmed. And I hated that feeling. Like they were about to walk into the door. I just felt so stressed out all the time. That's how I actually started Queen Tulsi. I started mixing all these different herbs to help me with that after school hour. I was like, I need to be more of a balanced mom when my kids come home. Like, why am I so stressed out? And I'm so tired. I don't have energy for the second half of the day when my working day was over and I just wanted to take a nap and then my kids are coming in. And so I started taking different herbs, the ashwagandha, the tulsi. And I noticed that for me, that three o'clock hour gives me that slight boost of energy, almost like a matcha, how matcha is calming and energizing. And energize. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that's how that works. It's it's really amazing. It just works with your body and what you need. I love it's that. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of started assuming that must be what it is, but yeah, I'm really excited to keep the the practice going, so to speak. Right. So yeah. as you've been on, you know, this journey for yourself, you've, you mentioned earlier how you kind of flipped the script around working in corporate America more intensely in that arena while your kids were little. And now, you know, I have this home business, not that it's not keeping you busy at all too, but different, right? Like more flexibility right. and, and right. whatnot. I love that concept just about thinking about it differently, right? Because I know in our household, I always thought this was a little funny that he thought this way because my husband made sure like not to really travel like when they were little. And even though it was working, you know, a typical job job was making sure he was more available and coaching and stuff. And then they got to be teenagers like, oh, you know, they're teens now. I can go travel. And I didn't put my finger on it till it was a little late. I'm like, actually, I'm thinking I could really use you at home now more than I did needed you then. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's something we don't of course we want to think like, oh yay, they're they're more independent. We want to give them independence. I don't mean like hovering around them or, right. you know, like, ooh, I gotta like be there every second. But I think we underestimate what preteen and teens need. So I thought you could share about that. Completely agree. I think that our society has created this trajectory for women where we are expected to, let's say in a traditional sense, if we're able to not work at some point in our life, then it's like you have the baby and then you don't work and then you go back to work because now they're teenagers and they don't need you. And I I have two one of them actually is an adult. He's 18, but still a teenager in my mind. 18-year-old now, a 15-year-old, and my little girl is 10. <laughs> All different stages of life. We have elementary, high school, and college. And I feel like as they get older, they need you in a very different way, but they still need your guidance in a very powerful way. And I think that we tend to neglect our teenagers. like They're on their own. They can do it. They can figure it out. They don't want our help. And it's like almost like when I watch these Oh, sitcoms like oh the teenage angst and they don't want your help and I, and my kids never went through that teenage angst yes they have hormones and they have ups and downs but they were always we never like created that sort of sense of environment that teenagers will have to go through this and so they've always been very close to us and we're close to them and they rely on us they ask us questions we talk very openly about all teenage things and we're here for them but I don't know why our society's created this sort of 
okay, now their teenagers are never going to talk to you. They're going to be in the room, close the door. That's the end of that. And we've accepted that in a way mm. rather than almost flipping that on its head and saying, no, now is when they need the most guidance yeah. and when they really need your support and you need to guide them through drugs and sex and whatever it is that they're going through in their teenage lives and through adulthood, early adulthood, let's say college and to really be there for them. And so I've really been enjoying this time where I have like this space to be with my kids and as they get older and to do, I take them out yesterday, we spent the whole day together and, you know, I brought my 15 year old and we were with our cousins were 16 and 18 and we just had a great time. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's so important is that we hear these other possibilities, you know, and it just expand our thinking on it instead of falling right in the right in line and the trap like this is, I may know I want to, you know, work outside the home also. And this is how you do it. You know, right. this whole like, this is how you do it and follow or, you know, maybe that's what your mom or, you know, the women around you did. So that's how you do it. Like just right. these, but to listen to, you had some other voice go on inside you or some other thoughts that were like, Hmm, maybe that's not how either I want to do it. This, this is what feels right to me. Again, we're back to listening to ourselves, right. And listening to okay. what makes sense for us. Cause it's not a right or wrong. It's like, Oh, I figured it out. Now I have the formula. It was like, no, this was the formula that definitely worked for me. And I think it's good to share it because others may consider it now where they just wouldn't have before, would not have, wouldn't have, that's not even a word, (laughs) would not have before unless we hear each other speaking like this. Right. And that we don't make it seem very odd that we were to maybe, for whatever reasons, I mean, for me, just financially, we were, I had worked when they were little. And now after years of working and saving, I'm at a place, thank God, where I'm able to focus on creating my own business. I still want to be creative and I can listen to my voice more within my creativity in a more confident way that I wasn't able to when I was younger for whatever reason. Again, because of that sort of that programming, you go to school, you do well, you go to college, you get a job. And I was just like following that path until one day I said, is this the only path? There must be something else. But that's all I've seen around me in my family and my history. And no one ever did anything off that path. And so, <laughs> yeah, so, so it, was, it was scary to do it. But I feel, yeah. again, like that sense of alignment, even though it's still scary within that alignment, I just feel so much more at peace. And I feel like a weight has been lifted off of me. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico, Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And 
we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if that idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. That's beautiful. And I know you said this earlier, like you had that choice point, you know, and there was a big part of you that was drawn to do what was known, you know, mm -hmm. what was comfortable, even though you were having these strong senses that it, it wasn't what was making you necessarily happy or as fulfilling. But to veer from that path takes a ton of courage. And to whatever extent the risk is, what level the risk is financially and otherwise, it's a big deal to step off and do that. And so, yeah. yay, way to go, you know, and especially going from a corporate environment, which is very different than running your own business. But I'm assuming, and this is one other question I had for you, between you know, all those years in corporate and raising your children to now be an entrepreneur, what are the particular skills that you developed, particular things that you saw about yourself or were on your resume, so to speak, that are, you're like, wow, I didn't know how much that would apply here now as an entrepreneur. Right. So it's funny because I actually have been working from home for most of my career. So back before it was even popular, I think it was like right after September 11th, we were in Berkeley and then we moved to Los Angeles. And I said to my company, I would love to continue working for you. Can I work remotely? And they said, okay, let's, let's try this. And so we set that up and I've been working remotely. And so I always had that structure. People are like, oh, how do you set up your day? I have always set up my day. I never worked in my pajamas. I always showered as if I'm going to work and got dressed and just felt good about myself. So that structure was always there. And I feel like that was all leading me up to where I'm at now because you do need to be very structured when you have when you have your own job. You, and you need to create your... that structure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and then also with just learning organizational systems, how to set up my tasks for the day and just the whole, I think the organizational structure and talking to people, has that is just been something that I think I was able to apply to being an entrepreneur now. So I didn't feel like that was such a big leap. It was more of shifting my mindset about my belief system. Like, can I do this? 
this is scary. Am I cut out for this? And I was listening to Ed Milet, you know, Ed Milet from, he's a great podcast also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really, he's this okay. like, yeah, he's this great op- entrepreneur, but also he has very spiritual approach to his whole life and to growing a business. And he was saying that when you're an entrepreneur, it is a lonely path because most people around you want that safe path. And so if you do feel alone or lonely, don't think you're the only one. Everyone who's doing their own path is either you're actually carving out that own path. Like no one else has created this Queen Tulsi product, no. marketed the way that I'm doing it. No one else has done it. So I need to carve it. And I get scared sometimes. Like, am I doing this right? How do I know? But I just try to just, I approach it in a very spiritual way, which maybe might not be the most practical in terms of like how we have been taught to do business, but it feels good for me. And I just trust that this is just the right path and the way to go through it. Thank you. Just what you were just saying there at the end, right? It might not be the most practical or it's, but it's what works for me. We're going to keep underlining. I want to keep underlining, right? This works for me. But I also was hearing, you know, oh, I am a, when I use the word like feminine, masculine, it's not so much male, female. It's, you know, the values, it's the energy. It sounds very feminine yin to me, you know? And when I worked with Jill Bolte-Taylor, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She Mm. has, well, her first book was Stroke of Insight. And then she wrote Whole Brain Living, where she was very much in the, she was a scientist, Harvard. Oh, I know her. A scientist, right? Insight, yes. Yeah. Because her father had a stroke. And so I read her book. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So her next book, Whole Brain Living. And then I had the opportunity last summer to be trained by her. And, you know, here was this go for it, you know, Harvard scientist who after the stroke now will very happily say she's a feminine business. Like she, she's a right brain, even though the brain is, she splits the brain into four quadrants. There still is kind of that very, that right left, but a right brain businesswoman, right? Where it's like, Oh, you know, I'm just not as attached to those details as I used to be. You know, this is, this is what feels right for me to go into now. I'm not going to overdo it here, but I'm going to put my energy here. And it doesn't mean you just, you know, let go of structures, but those structures don't become the thing. Sure. You know, we're going to keep some metrics we're going to have, but they're in service of, you know, you in this, the passion that you have for it, the desire to, and the, the, you know, the yearning to make a difference and to help others, you know, and do something that was meaningful to you and to share it. That takes precedence like, oh, okay, but I'm going to need a sales system. I'm going to need some marketing and okay, great. You know, and. I need some structures, but they're, they're just there to like hold and make, you know, kind of, like I said, be in service of the bigger mission that you have going. So that was all running through my mind as you said that. And I think, well, I see you smiling. So I'm assuming you resonate with that. Well, that's actually one of the reasons why I was drawn to you initially when I was listening to your podcast was because you, you were talking about the feminine approach to business, to leading your life, to entrepreneurship. And I love that you were first of all, addressing that, acknowledging that, bringing that to the forefront is something that's important that we should be proud of. And I really connected with it. And I said, yes, this is how I am choosing to run my business in this more feminine approach as opposed to this masculine structure. And even when I was researching the herbs to use for my product, the most people in the herbal world know that this one herb called ashwagandha is the most popular sort of stress relief herb, but that's more of the male 
essence of the herb. And so mm-hmm. sometimes when people will message me and they say, oh, I've taken ashwagandha. It was okay. It was a little bit overwhelming for me. And no one knows about Tulsi. And I actually cut a piece of my Tulsi plant. I have a beautiful oh, good. plant, but this is the feminine essence. So there's a flower on top here. And usually yeah. she take these leaves and put them into just under boiling water and drink this as a tea and also create a sense of calm. But it's this beautiful feminine essence. And she's known as the mother of all herbs. That's why she's the queen Tulsi. She's the queen of all herbs. She's the mother for this sense of calm. And no one has really marketed her or shared her as much because this masculine ashwagandha got all the light. And so (laughs) what about the mother of all the herbs? (laughs) Gee, it seems like that could be helpful. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's so it. even my approach to how to create this stress relief, I said, I'm going to re- just go along that feminine path and honor the mother of all herbs and bring her to the forefront. And so it just makes sense of what you were just saying about even the whole approach to business has been this feminine approach. I either read about that or saw that. So glad you brought that in, you know, the part uh-huh. about that being the mother of all herbs. I'm like, well... I love it already, right? <laughs> right <laughs> and it yeah. isn't about one being better than the other. It's just knowing right. that there are choices again, right? That right. and one might work well for someone and work in particular arenas, but let's not leave this one in the in the closet as if it doesn't exist as an right. option, right? And right. this is what's gonna tune someone else is gonna just tune into. And for me, it's always about, and I probably, you know, will speak way more about the positives of the feminine energy and mother energy and because it's just been too quiet and too hidden, right? But I I still very much honor the masculine and I'd love for them to be in harmony, you know, and much more in balance, which they're just not right now. And, you know, it's a problem, I believe, a pretty significant problem. So if we don't even know about it, how can we look at how they complement each other or, you know, when there's right uses for one or the other. And it's not like we want to swing the pendulum the whole other direction. Like now let's just be a total matriarchal culture, right? Because we've had patriarchy for so long. It's like, well, right. what if we work together? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I, agree. I agree. think this could really happen. And I feel like just your whole approach and what you're doing is is helping foster that. Yeah. I mean, even the way the herbs work, herbs always work better in conjunction with another herb. So I don't ever take single herb formulations because they won't be as, you won't feel the effects as strong. You have to have these herbs that work in synergy together. So we have this Tulsi and we have the ashwagandha, which are the calming herbs, and they work much better together than separately. That's how I came up with the product because at first I was taking the, buying a Tulsi, buying the ashwagandha, buying chaseberry for my hormonal ups and downs every month. And I was just buying all these different herbs and People were asking me what I was taking. And I said, well, just buy this one from this brand, this one from this brand. And they're like, can you just make it easier for me? And so my husband said, put it together. Yeah, your own formulation. And I never expected to do it, but that's how it actually came about because it does, we need everything to work in synergy in order to really feel that balance in our body. It's not just one magic pill. Which, you know, definitely is a code that we're working on rewriting, right? It's so endemic in our culture to like have that one thing that like fixes it all. And people will market things like that. Like this, this, this one thing is going to relieve your stress or 10 easy steps and it's done. And, you know, that's why when I said, you know, even just acknowledging that maybe even, and you can tell me if it's not true, you know, with these herbs, maybe you feel it immediately, but oftentimes it's, is more of a process and we're like too impatient in our culture. Like, oh, well, I could just, take this pharmaceutical and 
be done with it, so to speak. Right. And I, I've just never, that's just never worked for me in the same yeah. way. Right. There's places for everything. There's um, times for everything, but with the herbs usually, so the research usually looks at a span over 12 weeks for the, for your body to adjust to the herbs. And so what I recommend for people who aren't as aware of what they're experiencing with any supplement they're taking, they should write the date on the supplement of the date that they started taking that supplement. So I do this with any supplement. Like I take hair vitamins because my hair was thinning and I was losing my hair. So I bought some supplements. Okay. Let me see if this is working. And so I wrote the date on it. And so the same thing with any supplement. And then you see how you feel after 12 weeks of daily use. And then you stop for about a week. And depending on what supplement you're using, like with hair, this wouldn't work. But let's say, you know, something like the Queen Tulsi or some other product that you're using that's trying to create some sort of emotional response. You stop for about a week or so to see, okay, did I notice a difference? How did I react that that week? Or you can stop for two weeks and see how you respond. And if you notice a difference, like I know that even with my own supplements, I'm very good about taking them. But if I stop taking them for a while, I'll notice, oh, my PMS was worse this month. And I was thinking, why was it worse? Oh, I wasn't so consistent with my supplements. And so you'll start noticing that difference. And sometimes people need to to be consistent and then stop, take a break, and then they can compare the differences easily. Oh, yeah. See, I I like that. And I'm sure there's some people listening like, oh, that sounds hard, you know, or like I, I want to know immediately. And I, and I think that's just something we have to readapt ourselves to is being more patient, giving ourselves, you know, some grace with things. And it doesn't mean we can't research and see. I know you have a lot of amazing reviews for your product. And, but look, you know, you can do a little research ahead of time. I'm not saying just blindly go into something because someone said it was good, you right. know, for them and just, do some due diligence that way and then and then try it, but be willing to be a little more open and patient. But it also requires, and I'm just getting this now too, as you're talking, something else that I think we get have cut ourselves off from so often is to be in a tune with our body. Like we might be really aware, like, oh, I'm tired at the end of it. You know, there's some right. kind of bigger things, but it's the more subtle and how tuned in, how much am I checking in, connecting with my body and you know, with my emotions, because quite frankly, like I'm in menopause, so I'm not menstruating anymore, but it was a journey for me to, I'll just allow those experiences. Like I didn't want major discomfort, but I also didn't want to hold it as bad that I was a little foggy, you know, but it took a lot of like tuning in and saying and deciding for myself, what and when do I want to, and, oh, this will help you know, kind of just make things more clear for me at those times, but I'm not saying it's bad and blocking it off completely. Is that making sense? You know, but I think the tuning in with our bodies is a big part of it. Completely. I think, I think it's interesting with menopause because there's this whole conversation now about HRT, hormone replacement therapy, Mm -hmm. which personally I made the decision I'm not going to take that. And also because I rely on my herbs and I just also... I just kind of love the process of the way life goes and flows and the way your body goes through different stages. And I really honor that and respect it. And I was thinking about when we were younger, because I have a daughter who's 10, who will probably get her period in the next two years or so, just based on my own history. And at my choice of words around, I actually want to do some sort of post or something about this because I really believe so this is kind of a little bit off topic, if that's no, okay. It's not. I'm right with you. Okay. I love it. Yeah. So 
I feel like we we call our periods the curse or oh, aunt flow or whatever. It's like the this, PR for our periods are just yeah. the worst. And we've all just accepted it as like, oh, this dreadful thing. And when I was younger, for whatever reason, there was no social media back then, no phones or anything, but I loved the idea of my period. I was really excited for it because I felt like, okay, now my body's changing. I'm becoming a woman. I can hold a baby. Like I didn't even know much about anything. I just knew that it was related to all these things, ovulation. And so I bought this book called Her Blood is Gold. Oh and- my gosh, I had that book. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yes. knows about it. That's so funny. Uh, I did. That was the first thing I read to try and shift my attitude mm-hmm. around you were younger. I, you know, I was a little older when I read it, but please, yeah, keep going how that impacted you. I haven't so, heard that title in a while. Yeah, no one, it's, I looked it up and, and I actually still have it here. And I, I didn't realize it was kind of like a heavy book, like a not an easy to read book. We need to maybe do a, a refresh of that and make it a little bit easier for, for young women. Yeah. But it was just this beautiful way to honor menstruation. And I loved it. And I loved my period. And I never, even if I felt sort of cramping, I was like, okay, that's my ovaries going down. I just mm-hmm. listened into what was happening with my body. And I never dreaded it. It never was this thing that I felt, even if we had to go away on a trip or something, I didn't, you know, my whole approach to it was so different from anyone else I'd ever spoken to. And I, I love think- that you had that. I don't know where exactly it came from for you, but I just yeah. that you that you had it and fostered it and didn't dismiss it. There, right. It was- yeah. I think I was always drawn to like midwifery and being that doula. And so I was really always just I loved like the whole idea of like how our bodies work with our uterus and and ovulation. And so it was just natural to me to, I don't know. And I was introduced to that book. But I know that when I talk to my daughter about it, like even already, she's asking me some questions and I'm just telling her like, she's so lucky. This is such an amazing part of life and growing up. And so she's, it's like a very positive approach. And I really never suffered from cramps or anything. And I feel like part of that is my, not to dismiss anyone who does have terrible period pain, but I'm just saying that I feel like that was helping me to every month to really approach my body differently when I went through and I saw yeah, totally with you. I, I think our intention and attitude does make a big difference. But even when you did have or and I don't if you had been able to hold it, if it got much worse, but when you did have some pain or upset to embrace it, you know, right. is so different than it. And it, that's not a like being tough and I'm going to tough through it. It's like, I'm having this uncomfortable experience. Wow, this is like painful. Then as you build on that, you can get to a point. I just interviewed a woman and we had done some work together. And she said, one of the things that working with me had really shifted for her was her relationship with pain. And such that when she got to her birth and this would have never, you know, she's like this, when this wasn't even in my realm of possibility for a long time was to be in that intense birth pain and have a mantra that my pain is divine. Mm-hmm. And my pain is divine. And I was so, I was literally in tears when she's, I didn't know she had done that in her birth until this, until I interviewed her recently. And I was like, oh my God, like that is so beautiful. <laughs> and so okay. it's exactly what you're talking about. Like erase her pain or make it go away, right. but it put a whole different context on it and, you know, allowed her to be present and be in the experience. And I think that's what we're talking about here. That's 
big codes that we want to rewrite around all of these things. And there's one last thing. Well, there's a couple last things. So there's a few. But before I ask you how we can find you, I want to add this to it because I think it fits with what we're talking about, which is, you know, I've met with and in various, uh, my husband and I have gone on a pilgrimage to sacred sites and that's always been a part of our life. You know, meeting with healers in all sorts of realms and modalities and something that always, that was a through line from what many of them would share is, you know, we could do, I could do a healing on you. I could say this, but if you don't partner with it and believe it, the chances of it working are go way down, right? Like this isn't a magic bullet. Like you really have to be in it with me. You know, you are a partner in this healing. And I think that is so true when you take anything, you know, but with, with yours, not to think like, oh, phew, I can just sit back, pop these in. And I really doubt that they're going to work all well, that you're really making it such that they probably won't, you know, right, right. <laughs> or the more, yeah. the more power you can give it, the more that you tune into the the herbs. So I, I wanted to name that also. Yeah. And herbalists will always work with the whole body, the whole picture what's going on in your life. Are you working towards, if you're stressed out in the morning, maybe doing some breathing with the first five minutes, like I was just mentioning in a different podcast that I, she was asking me like, how do I find time to meditate? Because I just started, I literally have eight minutes before I wake up the two kids. So I wake up one kid and I get him ready. And then the other one, she goes to school a bit later. So I have eight minutes where I can just sit and be calm and quiet. And before I wake up, and that's my meditation, I find that time and I need that space because that's all part of this picture. We're not just, you know, we're so multifaceted and the herbs are just part of that toolkit. There's the breathing. I walk outside. I notice even when I don't go on my daily walks, I start feeling, I feel down. I don't feel Mm -hmm. as uplifted. I need that sunshine in the morning. And when I don't have that, I don't feel the same. So there's, there's so many different tools. And I know as a society, we were saying about like that magic bullet, we're just like, you know, like give us that Ozempic for weight loss. That's all we're going to do. We're not going to do anything else. But then there's so many different parts of our personalities, of our spiritual selves, and we really need to address all of it to to change our life. Yeah, you're here. Okay. Well, now we're like getting into some things I'd love to keep going, but we're going to end for now. And I'd love to share with the audience how they can get a hold of you and obviously Queen Tulsa. So if you could let us know that. Sure. So I'm mainly on Instagram at Caroline Bass Health, starting a TikTok also by the same name, although I'm trying to fi- kind of figure out TikTok. It's a little bit different, <laughs> um, but mainly on Carol- at Caroline Bass Health. And my website is www.carolinebasshealth.com. And you'll see the Queen Tulsi product there. And then I would love to give your listeners a special yes. discount code. They can use Queen Gertrude for 15% off anything on the site. Which is so generous of you. Thank you. And I I love doing it just because I get to be Queen Gertrude for a bit <laughs> you know, on your code. So <laughs> Queen like Gertrude getting 15% off is great. Well, like I said, I've just started, so I'm not three months in to be able to say, but I feel really good about sharing your product and you and the whole approach I know has like, for me, really good energy. So I'm Super excited about that. Okay, last question that I ask all my guests is, what does rewrite the mother code mean to you? I think it means to really listen 
to that voice inside you and honor it because you come here with a divine spark. So I'm Jewish and we believe that everyone is created with that divine energy. And I think other religions and other modalities believe that as well. And I think that because we are in this world where we tend to put a damper on that spark, we don't listen to it as much. But if you really listen to that spark, then you will be on that your path that you feel aligned with, where you feel like you are here to serve that purpose. Everyone has a voice. Everyone who's here has a reason to be here. And you really need to just honor that and listen to that and respect it and start living your truth, which is just following that voice inside you and not to be afraid. So beautiful. Just going to breathe for a second, take that in. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for being here and sharing and following, listening to that inner self and bringing something really helpful and beautiful to the planet. Thank you so much. This was really an honor to be here. It was beautiful meeting you and um, look forward to staying in touch with you. Me too. Thanks. Oh, what a beautiful time. This was one of those episodes where I had only spoken briefly to Caroline before we recorded. And I hope you feel it too. Just what a beautiful soul, you know, and such great examples of, you know, going in different directions, not quite following the status quo path or what we've been taught or what we think and, and really starting to tune in to our inner knowing to ourselves and seeing what that says, even when it's scary and and really risky. So I just big shout out to Caroline for that. And hopefully you caught on that if you do want to actually try her product, Queen Tulsi, and you use the promo code Queen Gertrude, you get 15% off. So I want to make sure you know that. And I just offline invited her to my fall retreat because I want everybody who's you know, in this space and aligned to consider it and just even look at look at it like, hmm, what would doing a two and a half day immersive in Mexico, tuning into myself, how would that serve me? Because just asking that question is useful and helpful. So I'd, I'd love for you to consider that. And you can go to my website, drgertrudelyons.com slash events, and you will find it and you can get more juicy details on it. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Rewrite the Mother Code. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included, to find it. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com and sign up for my newsletter. I'll see you next time. 